Physical Symptoms of Burnout, Championing Yourself Out of Adversity. Interview with Dex Randall. Are you a leader feeling burnout at work? Is burnout just a feeling, a mental feeling, or does it also affect your body? What are the physical symptoms of burnout? And how do you champion yourself out of those stressful work environments? Would you like to learn how to recognize those physical symptoms of burnout and take steps to prevent yourself from totally burning out? Then you are in the right place. Our guest, Dex Randall, will share those very tools. So stay tuned. You're watching Happy and Healthy Mind with Dr. Rosina, episode number 104. And our guest today is Dex Randall. He coaches professionals from burnout to heart-centered leadership. Dex's career in corporate software development and leadership ended in a burnout and a heart attack at age 55. He recovered and spent the next five years perfecting techniques to coach others out of burnout quickly and reliably and sustainably. With his proven step-by-step -step process to beat burnout, people start feeling better in three to four weeks guaranteed. And I'm your host, Dr. Rosina Lakhani. I help compassionate high achievers achieve more, earn more, and make the impact they're meant to make without burnout and without losing their health or career. I'm an executive coach, a corporate speaker, and an integrative psychiatrist. I believe that your mind is the software that runs the hardware of both your brain and your body. Therefore, we share practical tips for your mental fitness. If you need specific medical advice, please consult your healthcare professional. But if you find this content helpful, please join our mission of eradicating preventable suffering by liking, subscribing, and sharing so more people can live and perform at their best with hope, health, and happiness. All right, so let's jump in and let's learn from our guest. Thank you, Dex, for joining all the way from Australia. Delightful to be here. Thanks for the welcome, Rosina. And your bio, by the way, I could have said all the same about me. I relate to it so strongly, except that I'm not a psychiatrist, but <laughs> all the rest of it. Lovely. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, and that's why I'm so excited to meet with you too. Let's share with our audience so what made this topic important in your life? How was, how was your life before you started applying some of these tools that you're going to teach us today? Yeah, it was, I had quite a long decline into burnout and I think it went for years. I had a beautiful career. I was a software developer and leader and project manager and all of that. And then I, I went into a couple of startup roles that were a bit higher stress than I was used to because in a startup, by definition, in the early phase, you haven't got a product yet. And I was in charge of publishing product at these startups. And yeah, that was a pretty tough gig. And I got more and more stressed. And so basically what happened to me is I hit a point in my career where this easy success I'd always enjoyed was suddenly missing. And it kind of impacted who I thought I was. And I became very anxious about not being able to deliver in the way that I always had in my role. And I think I mean, for men and women, but I think for men particularly, we so much define ourselves by success at work, or work persona. And I pushed my, my stress and my anxiety quite hard and I stopped sleeping and I was having trouble with my digestion and I was getting immune problems. And I started to kind of watch my mind, as you've just mentioned, kind of influencing my body. 
and I was losing a bit of health and that made me even more tired and more stressed and it was just kind You're of just getting a sweat scar cycle it was a cycle yeah and I and I watched myself going down this cycle thinking don't worry when we publish the product everything will be fine and I'll bounce back but we continued not to and I was being blocked from getting the product out there by the founder who was too scared to put it out there <laughs> basically so we were at loggerheads like this and it Eventually, I realized that if I continued on at this level of stress, I was becoming very symptomatic physically. I was, it just, one day I just realized that if I kept doing this, the stress was going to kill me, literally kill me. And I had to quit my job and I quit on the spot. I thought, never mind four weeks notice, this is a, an emergency button. I got to go. And that was a couple of weeks before I had the heart attack. As soon as my body came down a bit, when I left work and my body relaxed a little bit, it, it just put the red card up and said, right, I think we'll stop you a bit more. Big heart attack, hospital, not very funny. Scary. Not just not funny, but it's scary. Well, it was scary. They said I pushed it really close to the line. They were surprised yeah. to be able to save me. I was in ICU for a few days after that and... Mm. It was a bit touch and go, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you had a big wake up call, and it so it takes a lot to stop me. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I I think most successful people are successful because they push themselves to the maximum. And like you said, like you know, we keep on saying after this, I'll relax. After this, I'll relax. After this, and yeah. then after this, there's another that, and then there's another this. And it keeps going on and on and until we realize i'm glad that you realized a few weeks before you had the heart attack because you know it could have been a more severe heart attack if you would not have realized it and so i'm glad that you are alive and you are with us today thank you very much <laughs> and that was 2017 that's five years ago now so right. okay so tell us how did the life change after you applied some of these tools that you're going to teach us today well really it took time to change because i didn't know anybody who had a solution for burnout like i i didn't know who to ask i didn't know who could help me there didn't seem to be a solution to burnout that was very effective or available or you know that would really hit hit me but so I spent quite a long time learning and studying from everybody I could get my hands on, a lot of neuroscience, a lot of research literature about heart attacks and <laughs> type A personality and burnout and things like that so I could understand the problem a bit myself. And I did receive some coaching after a while. And the very first thing that I learned from this coach was that Life is the 50-50 of emotions for all of us. We have, let's say, roughly 50% what we call good emotions that we like and 50% not so good emotions that we don't like. And in my life at the time, I realized it was more like 90-10. Mm. I had 90% of negative emotion, the occasional nibble of positive. And I thought, oh, okay, that's where some of my work is. Because I really realized... I was terrified all the time and anxious all the time. There was a lot of shame. There's a lot of guilt, a lot of blame and resentment for other people. I thought, I've got to clean some of that stuff up because that's causing the pressure in my head. So I, I realized pretty quickly that type A personality, like you said, we just keep going and going and going until we fixed everything. And that's exactly me. And I thought, I've got to stop doing that because the way I'm doing it is through my inner critic, really. I'm criticizing myself until I try harder. 
all day, every day, and that criticism's just got out of hand. It's like, no wonder my system's folding mm-hmm, mm-hmm. under this barrage of a little bit personal neglect and a little bit almost that level of criticism, once it reaches a certain level, is a little bit self-abusive. Right, right. So, yeah, sometimes we use words for ourselves that we would never use for others. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I would love to learn some of the, our audience would love to learn some of the tools that helped you overcome that. But how did the life change? How is it different now since you applied these tools? Well, I think what happened in in those last two or three jobs that I had, I started to see the pattern of going downhill. Things were getting hard. I'd lost my incredible, brilliant problem-solving mind. It started to not work anymore. And I thought my career was over, to be honest. I was going... I'd lost my mojo and I thought, wow, if I lose my career, what have I got then? Mm-hmm. I can't do my job anymore. What, what then? And I was pretty scared and I thought, I'm never going to get this back. Mm-hmm. It's over. My career mm-hmm. is over. And I mm-hmm. didn't like that very much. So I think the thing that came back when I started working differently with myself and adopting different habits was my mojo. I got my mojo back. Mm. I got my passion back. I got my mm. enjoyment. All my positive emotions started flooding mm-hmm. back. I got contentment, mm-hmm. joy, mm-hmm. connection, reward, fulfillment, but most of all, passion, my mm-hmm. love of work and my love mm-hmm. of people mm-hmm. and flooding back. And it's so, it's like being in a room with the light off. Mm. And you think, oh, my whole world's gone dark. It's going to stay dark forever. And then suddenly you flick a switch. It's like, oh, no, oh, no it's back. That's to come back there's a kind of despair about burnout where you think Uh i'm so crumpled and exhausted i'll never get out of this hole yeah that's it's not true you will wonderful wonderful yeah i want to repeat this it's not true that you would never come out you will come out you can come out and you can be as vibrant and live your life with joy and passion so thank you for sharing that story. So why don't we share some of the tools that helped you to go from that totally burnout person who ended up having the heart attack to this person with your vibrance and your passion back? Mm. And I think for people listening, if I'm going to ask you if you've got any of these kind of symptoms, because maybe you're thinking, well, am I in burnout or aren't I? So I'm just going to quickly cover some, some of the symptoms, because the work I do is addressing the symptoms directly. So, I think if you've got things like chronic stress and anxiety, you'll know about that overwhelm and overwork. If you've got physically, if you've got eye strain all the time, if your eyes hurt all the time, insomnia, headaches, your immune system's a little bit poor, you've got tension in your stomach or your shoulders or your head, your neck, your back, a lot of back pain. If you feel lethargic, unmotivated, kind of fed up all the time. Uh, you might also have a lot of it, a lot of people with burnout get indigestion, digestive problems, and also skin complaints. It comes out of the skin, muscle pain, tightness in the throat, racing mind, obviously, irritability, low mood, low motivation, withdrawal, withdrawal from the universe, withdrawal from people, from family even, from workplace. And if you're just exhausted all the time, just flat exhausted, can't be bothered with anyone, dreading work, If you can recognize yourself in any of those patterns, I think there's a bunch of key things that you 
can help yourself with. And I'll just run through a couple of them. And I think the first headliner is anxiety because it's such a linchpin for everything else. So when we're in burnout, we're a little bit fearful of everything. We, we kind of see ourselves as not quite hitting the mark and we think other people are judging us. We think maybe we're not gonna earn the money we should or we're not gonna keep our jobs or we won't be able to protect and, and care for our families or the kids' education, you know, financial loss. We're, a lot, we're kind of constantly on the lookout for people not to like us. So this anxiety thing, well, you'd know, I'm sure you must deal with this a lot. It just gets in an endless loop. We get an anxious thought and it triggers the amygdala. We go into fight or flight, which makes us hypervigilant, which means we'll have another anxious thought and round and round we go. Get stuck so, in those cycles. Yeah. yeah. I, I call it the cycle of burnout, anxiety, depression that keeps kind of reinforcing because yeah. of the stress, constant chronic stress. And I think burnout can appear to be very similar to depression mm -hmm. and it may run alongside depression. You may have both, but there's a despairing quality of burnout. It's never going to get better. I can't make this any better. I'm not going to enjoy my life any more than this. That despairing quality is quite a lot like depression, I think. So yeah, I think that is the overlap between the burnout and depression. So you kind of identify some of the physical symptoms you mm -hmm. mentioned effect on your stomach, effect on your skin, you know, racing thoughts, irritability. Did you mention sleep problems? Yeah. I see the sleep problems sure. of, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people complain that their sleep is disturbed when they are kind of burnout. And I've done a video on how to differentiate burnout from depression that our audience can refer to. We'll put the link for, for you on the video. But uh, let me ask you, how do you differentiate depression, clinical depression from burnout? And when do you refer people for, let's say, more treatment than burnout coaching? Yeah, good question. I do get people come to me with mental health difficulties, autism, ADHD, OCD, depression, anxiety that need to be diagnosed and treated professionally. And I can generally tell the difference, but the way I differentiate between burnout and depression is normally in depression, people have kind of given up a little bit. Whereas in burnout, they really haven't. They still think, oh no, I'll just try a little bit harder and I'll be able to overcome this. I think that that's still, that driver is still running. But I do think there's quite a lot. I think burnout is a, broadly speaking, depressive condition, mm -hmm. a condition of hopelessness and helplessness. Yeah, it's kind of, it feels like it's a continuum. So you're kind of feeling stress and then the stress effects starts affecting your body and you start kind of feeling the physical symptoms of burnout. And if it is not addressed, then it becomes full-blown clinical depression or full-blown clinical anxiety. And they kind of reinforce each other or coexist. Wonderful. So how do you, and so you were saying that you help people champion out of burnout. So what are some of the steps people can take if they are feeling these symptoms of burnout? Well, I think anxiety is, because it's so strong, the cycle of anxiety is so strong, that's what I do tackle first. And I think a primary cause of our anxiety once we're in burnout is we're cycling around a lot of negative thoughts about ourselves. That's true. We're judging ourselves quite harshly. We're thinking we're not showing up enough. 
or we're going to be judged by other people or we won't hold our job or we're doing things wrong or not quickly enough. There's a very, typically, there's a very harsh self-criticism loop just running continuously all the time. And this also plays into insomnia. And when when we deal with the the self-criticism, the anxiety tends to reduce, the stress tends to reduce, and the sleep quality and relationship quality tends to improve. It tends to kind of regulate things quite a bit, as I'm sure you know. But I do this through championing the self because what we're doing in burnout is a form of self-neglect. We're so intent on getting our job done properly that we've forgotten about ourselves. We've forgotten what we need, what we enjoy doing, who we love connecting with. We've we've kind of stopped self-supporting. We, we're so self-critical. We've kind of abandoned ourselves back there somewhere. Like, I'll come back to you later. In a year's time, when? <laughs> and I think that the antidote to that tends to be that underneath all this self-criticism, there always lurks a really amazing, wonderful human being with a big heart and a big desire to contribute. And we just go back to that. It's like, okay, you've been focusing on everything that's been going wrong, everything that you think you've been doing wrong or that you've been omitting to do. So let's focus now on all the great things about you. Let's just redress the balance. Let's just swing the barometer a bit out of stormy and back into sunny about you. And when people are able to do that, when people are able to see the level of self-criticism they've got and how much it's hurting them to receive that criticism, then it becomes, you know, I just teach a skill to to move away. Don't believe the hype that this inner critic is telling you. Just don't believe it. Disengage from the thought process that is being so mean to you and counterbalance it by on purpose noticing all of your good qualities, your good intentions, your good effort your goodwill and desire to support people, we just swing the balance a little bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You start appreciating yourself and you become grateful for all the qualities you bring. And if you're listening to this, maybe this is a nice exercise you might contemplate doing one day because you can do it by yourself, is when you get up in the morning, particularly if you feel dread of work and your mind is racing and you're irritable or tired, Write down 10 things you appreciate about yourself. Doesn't matter what, just about your intrinsic self. And sometimes if that's very difficult to do, just be very gentle with your brain that's trying to object and just know, no, it's okay. I can find 10 things I appreciate about myself. Give me some examples because I've seen that when I ask that question to my patients, many times they kind of feel stuck. And if I give them an example, it helps them. So give me some example of what are some of the, what are the 10 things that you appreciate about yourself in the morning? Well, for example, I get up in the morning because in burnout, that's difficult. Yeah. Perhaps I get through breakfast without opening my mouth. If I'm feeling very angry or resentful, I don't pass it on to somebody who's near me. Mm-hmm. I still take care of the people around me. I still might accidentally smile at somebody on the street as I pass them. <laughs> it's just tiny things. Yeah, yeah. I did like, half you know, the tasks on my on my schedule today. Yeah. I will appreciate that. That's wonderful. Yeah. You know, sometimes just kind of appreciating that you are a caring person. Absolutely. Or you're an honest person. Yeah. 
you know, you're intelligent or you're, you know, passionate or you're, well, you, you know, yes, good you, father. Care about, you care about people is a good one. Like I care about my family. Right. I really want to support my family. Yeah. I really you want love to spend them. a good time with my family, even yeah. though I can't right now. Yeah. I wish I could. Yeah. So let me ask the audience, go ahead and share in the comments. What are some of the good qualities that you appreciate about yourself? You know, I'm really high on gratitude. And so one time I was, you know, as I'm writing prescriptions for my patients, I usually ask them, so tell me three things you're grateful for. So one time a patient said, I'm grateful for my legs. And I said, uh, uh, why, you know, oh, you know, people talk about, okay, I'm grateful for my job or my home or my family. Rarely people come up with, okay, I'm grateful for my legs. And I said, why are you grateful for your legs? And she said, well, you know, I, I provide care to people who are bedridden. So I know the value of being able to go to the bathroom by myself. And I appreciate my ability to be able to go to the bathroom by myself because of my legs. So I appreciate my legs. Um, and I do that too. Funnily enough, I do the same thing. I feel appreciative of my arms and legs because they allow mm -hmm. me to do so many things. Yes. Also, so, my willingness uh, to serve mm -hmm. another one. That's wonderful. Wonderful. So I identify and appreciate, and that's a wonderful exercise. What other things people can do? That's not the end of that exercise. So that's 10 things I appreciate this morning. Tomorrow, I have to think about 10 different than today. Oh, okay. You make it nice. harder. I make it easier for people. <laughs> well, actually, it becomes easier with practice. At the beginning, uh -huh. our mind is a bit stiff and can't find uh -huh. any things. But if we do this each day, it starts to open up and it starts to become playful with it. Mm -hmm. And then you really know you're, let, you know you're onto something. So I suggest mm -hmm. to people, even if on day one they can't think of any, to try again tomorrow, try again tomorrow, just any tiny thing. Mm -hmm. I, I put a nice shirt on this morning. Right. anything I got dressed in time for work and I say okay do it for 30 days because at the end of 30 days you're going to have 300 things roughly that you appreciate about yourself and what you're doing is you're telling your mind that there are good things about you you're just telling yourself acknowledging there's something good about you and really it's good heart at the end of the day it's always good heart I think wonderful so self-appreciation helps you counter that self-critical component that is a big contributor to your burnout so it's just a counterbalance it's just mm -hmm. evening up a little bit mm -hmm. coming out of confirmation bias really i'm a terrible person no you're not a terrible person mm -hmm. you're a lovely person who's suffering yes yes really wonderful. different yeah yeah and you know i also want to share that there is a physical basis for these physical symptoms like you mentioned that when you are in the stress reactivity mode, your adrenals are producing a lot of cortisol. Cortisol is a good hormone. It's a survival hormone. It helps you cope with the situation. But too much of it or too little of it is problem. So when you're constantly in the stress reactivity mode, it may start staying too high. And then you're, you start kind of what you call physical symptoms of burnout. You know, you feel like you go, 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 and you're not able to relax, you're not able to sleep. And then as, the, as you continue to be in the stress mode, your adrenals then start becoming fatigued. They get tired, they say, I can't produce any further. And so then your cortisol level goes really, really low. And when it's really, really low, then you start having this 
symptoms of feeling totally lethargic and no energy and no motivation and no passion. So it's that adrenal fatigue that causes these physical symptoms. And so sometimes people think, oh, burnout is just, you know, how you handle things at work. It's, it's, the, in, uh, it's the problem that may contribute to starting of the burnout. But once the body starts get, showing the symptoms of physical burnout, now you really, really need to take care of your body before um, you could take care of your outside. So like now there's an outside changes that you have to make. You have to quit your job to be able to deal with your the physical symptoms of burnout. But if we can catch those symptoms way before you reach that point, you can prevent yourself from burning out completely. And do not you don't have to just focus on how you change the outside work environment, but you also have to change the internal environment so that you can deal with the outside stressor better. So yeah, I think that is where some people get confused in terms of, okay, burnout is, okay, how, the, how there's so much demand of work and therefore I'm burning out. It's not just the demand of work. Yes, demand of work is one of the factor and then how you're responding, how you're putting the boundaries or not, how you're letting that, high demand encroach on you also causes um, you to burn out. And then once it starts affecting your body, then it kind of is in the cycle of its own. So thank you for sharing that tip of uh, attending to yourself and appreciating so that you can balance that. And I think it's very important to kind of focus on boundaries. And there's so many things that people can do. But in short time, we don't have much time to go too much further. But would you have a take-home message for our audience today? Yes. I think really that when you start seeing the good in yourself, when you start taking care of yourself a little bit better, you will be much more resilient to whatever's happening at work. Because I find that even people in the most stressful occupations and work systems like physicians for example can and do recover when they start appreciating connecting with themselves finding out what they love to do again just coming back to life you can bring yourself back to life emotionally physically mentally by taking care of yourself by championing yourself by being the your own protector and i think that that's so powerful with the physical symptoms and the mental sy symptoms without needing to change your job. A lot of people want to change their job when they're in burnout. You can, but unfortunately, you'll take your style of thinking and working with you and probably the sad news is recreate burnout in your next role. Because I find, like you've said, burnout deteriorates over time. Even if it's episodic and circumstance-based, it will become longer and deeper and more frequent until eventually, like me, you have a heart attack. And I can't say I recommend you let it go that long. So if you hear it today in anything that we've said, if you hear this suspicion that you might have burnout in the symptoms we're talking about, I would encourage you to do some sort of process to help you prevent going further into burnout. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. And so if people want to learn more from you, how can they reach you? My website is dexrandall.com. I have a free five top tips to beat burnout video course, which I think is a fantastic place to start. If you want to just begin to investigate how to feel a little bit better. Often people need help, 
but there is this self-teaching of tools where you can improve your condition a little bit. Also, the Burnout to Leadership podcast, which I host, is a very good resource for tips to counteract various symptoms of burnout. Can you name the podcast name again? Burnout to Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. So, yes, thank you so much for sharing the gift of the five top tips to beat burnout. And we are also going to put it on our website. So you can go to our website called happyandhealthymind.com and you can click that button resources and you'll be able to get the information about this resource. And if you're in U.S. and you would like us to send the text to these resources, please text the word joyful, J-O-Y-F-U-L, to the number 38470. And we'd be happy to send you the links to these resources and reminders for future programs. And so let me leave you with, again, the question. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Are you going to let this burnout continue to consume you till you get totally burned out, like having a heart attack or dax head or something severe like that? Or are you going to start taking care of yourself one step at a time? Maybe start identifying what good thing about yourself so you can reverse the balance of self-criticism, the self-resilience, and you're able to handle all the stresses that come your way. On that note, stay safe, happy, and healthy. Until next time, Dr. Rosina.